0: You're listening to Unabridged, the Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. I'm Alana Terry, bringing you engrossing, engaging Christian fiction in bite-sized segments you can take with you on the go. This season's unabridged Christian fiction audiobook is Termination Dust, an unforgettable suspense novel set in the heart of rural Alaska. Termination Dust is written by me, Alana Terry, narrated by Becky Doughty, and sponsored by The Beloved Daughter, an audiobook about a young girl sent to a North Korean prison camp for her father's Christian faith. The Beloved Daughter has won awards from Women of Faith, Reader's Favorite, The Book Club Network, and several more. The audiobook version is narrated by Kathy Garver, lifelong actress and winner of two Audi Awards. Visit com slash Beloved to get this audiobook free with your Audible trial today. And now, enjoy today's installment of Termination Dust, an Alaskan Refuge Christian Suspense Audiobook.
1: Chapter 8 Kimmy stood paralyzed in the entrance to the daycare. Pip, lost? It didn't make sense. The concept was too complicated for her brain to register or compute. He couldn't be lost. He was playing a game. That's what this was. Of course, he was the only kid in preschool who never caught on to hide-and-seek. But maybe he'd finally figured it out and wanted to prove how well he could do it. Pip! Kimmy called out, her voice infused with false cheer. The children stared at her from their seats in the reading circle. "Maybe we should do the books later," Jade suggested, and Kimmy couldn't figure out why her coworker was worried about story time when her brother was missing. "Pip!" Kimmy hurried to the nap room, retracing the steps Jade must have made just a few minutes earlier. "Pip?" Her voice was shaky, uncertain. So were her tentative steps. Was she worried that she'd trip over her brother if she weren't careful? He wasn't that tiny. He couldn't have turned invisible. Pip! She tried not to sound irritated. Wasn't that some sort of dog training rule? She couldn't remember where she'd heard it. If your dog takes off, don't sound angry or he'll be scared to come back to you. She forced herself to smile, made her voice higher than natural. "'Pip?' "'Nothing. "'Back to the bathrooms, running now. "'What if Jade left out the cleaning supplies "'and her brother got into them?' "'She flung open the door. "'No Pip. "'She ran back outside, onto the playground, "'then past the daycare fence, "'searching everywhere, racing through the parking lots, "'haphazardly running up the side street. "'He wouldn't have come all the way out here, would he?' And why hadn't she seen him? Was she so busy drinking her coffee she stopped paying attention? Or had she gotten complacent, convinced he would never voluntarily move away from his box of cars? Was she just as guilty as Chuck, who thought that since Pip didn't talk, he was incapable of making decisions for himself, of having an opinion? Where could he have gone?' She was sprinting now, but halted at a stop sign on top of the hill. There was no way Pip was all the way out here, not without his coat, not without her. He was scared of just about everything, including being alone. She spun around. She had to find him. Racing downhill was harder than running up. When the rush of adrenaline helped her defy gravity... Her early sprint had been fueled by the hope that she might find her brother and catch up to him, but she couldn't dawdle now. She had to keep looking, couldn't slow down. She pictured him lost and alone, wandering alongside the Glen Highway. Maybe he'd gotten hurt and freaked out. Maybe he ran into the woods behind the daycare, scared and bleeding. Or worse, what if someone grabbed him? She would have heard if someone came into the daycare, but what if Pip wandered off and was at this moment in the back seat with some predator? She wanted to throw up. Emptying her stomach would at least make more room for her stinging lungs and racing heart. She hurried back to the daycare, praying Jade had found him. Something was wrong. Something in the parking lot. A trooper's car? What did that mean? Had Jade called the dispatcher to report a missing child? Or what if it was even worse? What if Pip had tried to cross the Glen? What if he'd been hit by a car? What if... Don't you work here? Asked a tall man in his crisp blue trooper uniform. She knew that voice, but she was so distraught she had a hard time placing it. He stretched out his hand. Taylor Tanner, nice to see you again. Warmth rushed through her as his palm touched hers, loosening her voice. I'm so glad you came. I don't know what happened. He was with the cars all morning. He stared at her quizzically, and she realized she was about to start crying. It was too much. Couldn't God see that? Too much. First her mom's death, then Pip getting lost. Now this trooper looking at her with so much compassion and empathy. "Kimmy, is that you?" Jade called from the open doorway. "Come on in; we found him." Breath rushed back into her lungs, and she was too relieved to acknowledge the trooper's questioning expression. She ran past him and into the daycare. Falling onto her knees at the sight of Pip, she wrapped her arms around her brother, burying her face into his dinosaur t shirt. He crawled into the dollhouse. Jade explained. Poor thing must be exhausted. I found him in there taking a nap. Pip looked at Kimmy. It was rare that she could be entirely sure what he was thinking or feeling, but if she had to guess, right now she'd say he looked scared. It's okay, she told him. I'm just glad you're safe. She studied his face. What was he looking at? She glanced over her shoulder. Oh, right. She stood and faced the trooper. Thanks for stopping by. I guess we've got everything under control. I'm so sorry we bothered you. His gentle smile spoke of both bemusement and curiosity. Trooper Taylor's come here to talk to the kids about stranger safety, remember? Jade was staring at Kimmy as if those words should make an ounce of sense. We talked about it at our last she stopped herself. Oh, right. You weren't there. You mean I didn't mention it to you this morning? Kimmy shook her head. Well, that's what's on the schedule for today. Kids, Jade called out. I want you to grab your magic squares one last time, and we're all going to listen to Trooper Taylor. He's come all the way over here today to talk to us about staying safe so I know you're all going to put on your listening ears and give him your full attention, right? Kimmy was glad for the commotion to get Taylor's focus off of her. She was glad that Jade was here to take charge and tell the children what to do. More than anything, she was glad to have her brother here, safe and sound. He'd never played near that big dollhouse before. Maybe it was a good sign... Maybe it was a positive step forward in his development if he was starting to show interest in something other than his cars. The kids were staring at Taylor with rapt attention, and Kimmy realized they were quieter and more disciplined than she'd ever seen them. Even Pip had grabbed his carpet square and was sitting down quietly with the others— Kimmy pulled one of the rocking chairs behind the semicircle of kids and sank down into it. With the trooper maintaining the children's entire focus, maybe Kimmy could take the next few minutes to decompress. Maybe she could finally relax. Chapter 9 Jade stood in front of the circle of carpet squares, clapping her hands together to hold everyone's attention. All right, students, what do we tell Officer Taylor for coming to speak to us today? A melancholy chorus of thank yous sounded around the room. The children were dismissed for playtime. Jade stepped up to Kimmy. I'll get lunch ready if you're all right handling things out here. Kimmy's eyes were on the trooper, Taylor had stopped to help Jade's daughter tie her light-up shoes. Hmm? I said I'll get lunch ready, Jade repeated. That okay with you? Kimmy pried her eyes away from the touching scene. Yeah, sounds good. You need help? Jade shook her head. She looked as if she were about to say something, then just shrugged and walked off. Kimmy scanned the room to make sure she kept better track of her brother. Pip was by the dollhouse again, watching two girls playing make-believe. Maybe he really was starting to move past those cars. It would be a huge step forward for him. She just hoped that Chuck would never find out if his son liked to play with dolls. It's Kimberly, right? She let out a surprised, oh, when she realized Taylor was standing right next to her. Kimberly, he repeated. She nodded, flustered hadn't he already left? Kimmy, she told him. Or Kimberly, whichever you prefer. She cleared her throat and pulled her eyes away from his, focusing again on Pip. Her heart was starting to swell. He'd never shown an interest in imaginative play before, and with what limited knowledge she'd gleaned from the daycare's scarce resources on child development— She knew make-believe was a huge milestone in cognitive development. What if he actually picked up one of those dolls and started to play with it? For the first time, she realized why all those daycare moms and dads were obsessed with carrying their smartphones around to get pictures commemorating all their children's proud achievements. Jade's daughter noticed Pip staring at her. Kimmy was afraid she'd say something mean and braced herself to jump in and intervene. Instead, Des held out the doll. Pip stared, and Kimmy held her breath, waiting to see if he'd reach out for it. He's a cutie. The trooper's words yanked Kimmy back to reality. He smiled down at her, and she flushed. Taylor held her gaze. I just wanted to tell you again how sorry I am about your mom. How's the little one taking it? Kimmy glanced at her brother again. He'd taken the doll, but just stared at it as if he weren't certain what exactly it was doing in his grasp. He's all right, Kimmy answered, and then, fearing that her answer sounded too dismissive, added, All things considered. Taylor nodded as if he knew exactly what she meant, which would be a small miracle seeing how Kimmy didn't even know what she was saying. How is he, all things considered? How was a three-year-old supposed to act and feel and think after his mom commits suicide to free herself from an abusive husband? Kimmy felt her hands balling into fists. At least anger gave her a sense of power, however false. It was far more comfortable to feel fury than grief. She couldn't pinpoint who or what she was mad at, her mother for killing herself, her stepfather for being a monster of a human being who couldn't even make his own coffee sludge, God for allowing so many misfortunes to steal away any chance Kimmy had for hope or joy, maybe even the earth itself for continuing to exist and spin and function normally, even though Kimmy's entire world had been shattered. Taylor cleared his throat, and Kimmy braced herself for some kind of senseless remark All things happen for a reason, or some other unhelpful platitude like that. Instead, he held her gaze and said, You know, if I'd have known you'd be working here today, I would have planned things differently. I was going to stop by your house a little later this afternoon. I need to talk to you. It's important. Something flopped inside her gut, and she was pretty sure it had nothing to do with Taylor's kind features, his intense stare, and his perfectly pressed navy blue uniform. Pretty sure, but not positive. Danger signals zinged through her brain, and she braced herself for some terrible blow. The state had decided Pip wasn't being cared for well enough and was going to take him away to be raised by strangers. That had to be it. Why else would he look at her with that apologetic stare? I have to head back to the office before long, but do you have a few minutes? I'd love to find a quiet place to talk.
0: You've been listening to Termination Dust by Alana Terry. Today's episode of The Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by The Beloved Daughter audiobook, available exclusively on Audible. Visit alanaterry.com/beloved to download The Beloved Daughter audiobook, narrated by two-time Audio Award winner Kathy Garver. If you're new to Audible, you can listen to this award-winning novel right away with a no-risk 30-day free trial when you go to alanaterry.com beloved. And don't forget to tune in soon for the next installment of the Unabridged Christian Fiction audiobook podcast. Thanks for listening.